0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling
0: and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Mike Mansfield. You're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another very lonely episode of the Tracking the Stone podcast. I am Matthew, and I guess the trade deadline just made Brandon blind with rage because he's sick tonight. No, uh, Brandon um, has not been feeling great all day, and we wanted to get the episode out, you know, at least like fairly quickly after the trade deadline because, you know, we have a game tonight and there's other stuff going on so we just wanted to make sure that you know this was relevant and i like it because nobody can disagree with me that's right the guy that thinks he's always right on the podcast is just going to be more right and agree with himself this week so i'm sorry it's 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 a good week i i think you know we're i'm obviously going to talk trade deadline a little bit going to talk this recent stretch of canes games i'm going to keep it brief though. I got 20 minutes and then I'm spending time with my wife and my cats. Um, I guess the big news of the week is that, you know, the hurricanes acquired Jesse Pugliarvi in exchange for Patrick Pistola. And they also acquired Shane Goss despair in exchange for a 2026 third round pick. or third round pick. Yeah. And that was it. The Canes didn't make any moves on a pretty sleepy deadline. Um, really the best player that moved was, uh, Jacob Vrana and he moved for a career AHL forward and a seventh round pick. And then uh, Jordan Greenway, that might've been it, you know? So a pretty slow deadline day, but you know, the week was a lot of fun and it was really good. Um, this is probably one of the more entertaining trade deadline seasons we've had. Um, just speaking from an NHL standpoint. Um, And I I guess we should talk first about, you know, the other teams in our division. Obviously New Jersey acquired Timo Meyer. They also uh, acquired Curtis Lazar. Um, New York acquired Tyler Mott, Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko. And then the Bruins, the top team in the league, acquired... Garnet Hathaway, Dmitry Orlov, Tyler Bertuzzi. There's one more player that I'm thinking of, but I'm totally blanking on him right now. Uh, forgive me. So, yeah, it's, you know, obviously a lot of the teams that the Canes could be facing in the playoffs added, and a lot of Canes fans were expecting a big move. And, you know, now that I've had some time to think about it, I, I think we kind of... I don't want to say diluted, but we led ourselves to believe that a big move was coming, when in reality the Hurricanes are one of those teams that makes those big moves in the off season, and then, you know, fills in little holes here and there at the trade deadline, like they have the past two years. You know, I think, I think what was different about that 2020 trade deadline was, you know, they they acquired Vincent Trocek and Brady Shea, but both of those players had term. And I don't think the Hurricanes, you know, we really didn't see many players with term get traded at this deadline. Um, we saw a handful, but some of those players weren't guys that, you know, I think pushed the needle very far for the Hurricanes. Um, and I think it's unfair to say the Canes sat on their hands and that, they didn't do anything because they did. They they acquired two players. Is it enough? I mean, that's the thing. We don't know. We we won't know until the playoffs. And to be honest with you, all these moves are only going to be enough for one team at the end of the day. Um, some people may disagree with that take, but I'm sorry. Like, I, I just, I don't see the point in, Going all in this year. You're the second best team in the league, and all of your core is returning next season. All of them. Like the the best players you might be losing are Jesper fast and Paul Stasny. I can't see Jordan Stahl leaving, which is why I'm not including him. But that's the thing, right? You know, you have the Hurricanes in a position where this year. You know, they can fill the holes on their team that they had. I mean, you know, obviously scoring is a, a thing that every team in the league would like to improve on, right? But to an extent, I think they did that. You know, they they needed help on the power play. And they got a player in Shane Goss' who can help on the second power play unit. The second power play unit's been dreadful all season long. And now they have a player that can legitimately put up power play points and, you know, maybe a better option than Calvin DeHaan for that third pairing, you know? I I think that's a good move for the Hurricanes, and it's going to help scoring. And it may even help it in the playoffs. And then you look at the fourth line, and I I think the fourth line has actually been playing really well as of late. You know, uh, Stefan Nason, Paul Stasny, and um, Derek Stepan have played well. But Yessi Pugliarvi adds some much needed speed to that line. He's a big body. And I do think that he's going to thrive in this environment because, you know, you say this a lot about a lot of Canadian markets, but I think it was especially true for Pugliardi and Edmonton. Um, the media pretty much had a campaign against him from day one. As soon as he start, started his NHL career and wasn't living up to the expectations of a fourth overall pick immediately as like a night, what, 18, 19 year old player. All of a sudden the media is calling him lazy saying, you know, he doesn't want to learn English, all this stuff. And you know, that, that wears, wears on a player. And so playing in an environment where there, I mean, let's be honest, there is no media pressure. It's a much more calm and relaxed environment than you know, a place like Edmonton, I think he can do well there where he's not in the spotlight. You know, he, he's just supposed to be a guy that plays hockey. And I think that, you know, we, we're starting to see it do well or do wonders for Yasperi Kokaniemi's game. I'm not saying that, you know, Pugliarvi is going to all of a sudden be a um, Nichushkin type player, right? I'm I'm saying that I think that, you know, we look at his numbers so far, and they've been kind of middling, but if you take him and put him in an environment where he can succeed and where there's other Finnish players to help him, I think he's set up for success here. I really do. and I, I think the hurricanes acknowledge that too, from what it sounds like, you know they've been in on puliarvi for a while, and I finally were able to make it work. And you know, go let's i mean we could talk about that trade a little bit. you know the the return for it is Patrick Pistola. And um, that's a player that had already signed a one-year extension in November with his finished team, player whose signing rights expired on July 1st. And I'm going to be honest, when I watched him, he was one of the most frustrating prospects in the Kane system because the dude has all the skill in the world but cannot do it at a consistent basis. He wasn't a very good five-on-five player. Uh, this season, he's kind of been a bit more effective but still like this is a player that I don't think would have signed with the Hurricanes and even if he did I don't think he would have played in the NHL so the Hurricanes effectively get Yessi Pugliarvi for nothing and they have the possibility to qualify him and extend his contract good that's good
1: Since Matt is obviously an amateur at this and doesn't know what he's doing, I'll go ahead and add in the ad break. Tracking the Storm is still a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network, so we're going to take just a minute get a word from our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Sorry I'm not here this week, guys. Really wasn't feeling good this weekend. But I will be back this week, and we will continue our normal coverage. You guys can get some better takes on the trade deadline. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, love you guys. I'll see you this week. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially the closer we get to the summer, man. It's warming up outside. It's on its way. Baseball season's getting in full swing. We're going, baby. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. You make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details.
0: The next thing, you know, Shane Goss despair. We're talking about a 2026 third round pick. The hit rate on third round picks isn't very high. It's a draft that's four drafts from now. And who knows what position the Canes will be in by then. It's a player who is currently 14 years old. So... It's not worth, you know, lamenting over the loss of a draft pick. Again, the Canes do a really good job of improving their team, not giving up any players off the current roster like a Seth Jarvis or Martin Natchez type, and didn't give up any futures, like any legitimate futures. You know, uh, when I ranked Pistola, or when I ranked our prospects back when I was still with Canes country, the last time I did that, which was after the draft, Cristola wasn't in my top 20, and he was—he didn't even make the honorable mentions on that list. I had given up on him as a prospect, personally. Um, and now, yeah, the team is better. We've got NHL players that will be scratched. And, you know, that I, I say that as a good thing. You know, depth matters in the playoffs, especially if um, somebody goes down with injury. It helps to have somebody to call up or not to call it, but helps to have somebody in the wings that has played NHL games. So if Yassi Pugliarvi takes Derek Stepan's spot, like some fans were projecting, Derek Stepan comes into the lineup. And Derek Stepan has been on the NHL roster this whole year, you know, and this team is is second in the league with him playing games for them. So it's not like you're calling up some bum and, you know, it's not like he's a bad player either. And I think that having a tandem or having you know goss Despair and Tahan rotate in as opposed to having coglin rotate in is huge coglin has struggled this year with the hurricanes and you know part of that is due to the fact that he hasn't had very much playing time part of it is also due to the fact that he's not very good defensively and didn't help the power play when he was in the lineup and you know Having that flexibility now of saying, all right, well, if Goss's pair isn't working or if somebody gets hurt, Calvin DeHaan can step in now. And that's, you know, probably a safer option. Um, all in all, the team improved themselves at the deadline. And that's that's what I'm getting at. You know, I, I can understand the fan angst about, you know, wanting more. And even even the fact that, you know, maybe JVR didn't move. James Van like, um but here's the thing. The Flyers didn't move him either, you know? Like it'd be, it'd be different if the Flyers traded him somewhere, but they didn't, they kept him, you know? And that's a player that's making, I think, $7 million. So there would have had to have been some money going the other way in order to make that work. So, you know, I can understand why the Canes maybe didn't do anything today. And going back to the point I made earlier, their window isn't closing this year. And I I don't, I also don't buy into the sentiment that it closes in 2024 I think that that's a bit of panic by this fan base. I'm not trying to say that I'm right about it, but I I don't think the hurricanes window ends in 2024. I really don't. You have a very young core. Sure. They're going to need to get paid, but the cap's going to go up and the hurricanes are a smart team. They're going to find replacements, whichever way they can for the players that they do end up losing, even if they have to get rid of a top four defenseman. And now they have the prospect depth so that, you know, they don't have to pay a guy $1.5 million to play on the fourth line the next couple of years. They've got Jack Drury for that. You know, they've got Jamison Reese for that. They have the, the prospect depth to keep the team at a very low cost AAV wise, but still put together a good roster. Um, the last comments I'll, I'll make before I leave, because again, you know, there's, there's not much that I can say without having to talk to somebody else. Um, the, the, these last few games of the season, I guess we've probably got just about 30, maybe a little less games than that now, um, in the year, maybe we might even be close to 20. It's going to say a lot about the team, but I think we're in a really good position. I really do. We're, we're second in the league right now. Yes, New Jersey is only one point behind us, but again, the Hurricanes have shown that they can beat the Devils. They've shown that all year long, and that matters. They've also, you know, done a good job against the Bruins, and yes, the, both of those teams added players, but I don't know. I guess I just have faith in the team. And the additions that they made, yes, they're, they're they're small additions and they may only make a marginal impact, but truthfully, most deadline additions don't. Um, funny enough, uh, uh, the Canes Country Comments had a really interesting article today or had a really uh, interesting comment today, excuse me. And this is the last thing I'll leave and this is just something for everybody to chew on. They did research on the deadline acquisitions that the um, last 10 teams to win the Stanley Cup did. And then wrote down how many points in total that they had. I won't go through all of them, but last year's Avalanche added Cogliano, Lekkinen, Sturm, and Manson. And that is the most points out of any team that has won the Stanley Cup from rental players at the deadline they had 30 points in those playoffs which is good but again that's spread over four players um last year's lightning added david savard and he was the only player that had points on that roster the lightning before added goodrow and coleman again not the biggest name players they weren't they weren't they were bottom six forwards the Blues only added Michael Talzano in 2019. Uh, the Capitals added Michael Kempney. Penguins added Ron Hainsey, was probably their biggest addition. And then the year before, they added Justin Schultz and Carl Haglin. Yeah, that's really it. There, there really weren't any players that added any major things. Really, the 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 best production that any of these teams got out of a player is the Los Angeles Kings who added Marion (laughs) Gabarik. And he was the only player out of all their deadline acquisitions that had any points and he had 22 in the playoffs. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I think, you know, deadline acquisitions, they can matter and they can make a difference like we saw with Goodrow and Coleman, but a lot of the time they just don't work out in I think the Hurricanes went into the deadline this year with the mindset of, all right, we've got a really good team. Let's try and improve on it where we can, but not ruin next year's team or the team for the year after. You know, they, they want to build a team that's not only competitive every year, but they want to build a team that contends for a Stanley Cup. They don't want to just make the playoffs. so that's my take Brandon and I will probably talk more about it next week but uh, yeah anyways thanks y'all for listening we appreciate you and it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan